Good afternoon, evening, or morning, depending on where you are. I'm Shell, and welcome to another episode of Let's Chat with Shell. I'm your host, Shell, <laughs> and today I want to talk about something that's very near and dear to me, and it's loyalty. And um, before we go anywhere, I think that I should start like I used to with a story. Um, so a little background information about me. I am a very loyal person. Um, I, I've always been very loyal. Um, if I say something, I mean it and I'm loyal to that. I'm loyal to my, myself and my, my convictions and you'd be hard pressed to get me off of those convictions. Cause that's how strongly I feel about what I believe. So saying all of that, I'm saying this to say loyalty has been my, I think my most endearing quality, but it's also been my downfall. And before, before you go and think I'm humble bragging, let me tell you, loyalty has kept me in situations where I was long overdue to leave. Loyalty has kept me in Um, And actually foolishness, but, you know, my idea of what's loyal and what's true, what's right has kept me in relationships that I really needed to end abusive relationships, you know, all kinds of things because I my just wanting to be loyal to some something and someone. Um, And what I'm finding is because I know that naturally there are a lot of people that are just selfish. They, They leave situations when it no longer serves them. I have a problem with leaving because I feel like I'm leaving something undone or I'm giving up even blocking people on social media. I saw somebody post um, something about how they never used to block people, but now they find value in the block feature. And I thought that was so funny because I felt that that same way at times where people were saying stuff and I really could end them um, on social media. I really could end them. I could just end their whole situation, but I was like, nope. And I walked away. Um, And there were times where I really should have blocked that person in their negativity because really, honestly, at this point in our lives, uh, we have matured to a point where we don't need, we've evolved to a place in our lives where we should have. At some point, we should evolve to a place in our life where we no longer uh, go and put up with things because it's seen as strong. Like that notion, that idea has got to stop because it's toxic. Um, it shouldn't be seen as strong because you can take your man cheating on you two million times with other women and gotta basically support him while he's going through his foolishness and deal with all of his irresponsibility just to be seen as a, a strong woman. Like you are, you're either strong or weak and regardless of how you handle the situation, your strength is not determined by how strong you are in a situation. And as a matter of fact, I'm finding the word coming up when the Lord says that he is, when Yah says, I am in your weakness, I am made strong. And the problem is that every time, uh, 
we are weak in this way where um, we are seemingly weak um, in, in the situation where we just walk away instead of um, fighting it out. I think that we give, we at least leave room for Holy Spirit to come in and really do the work and really work on us and show us where we went wrong or how we can do better next time. And it's so funny because how people are is so contrary to how Holy Spirit is. Like people are very condemning. They'll tell you like, oh, you don't need to do this or you did that and you did this and they will bring up your flaws, right? And even these people can represent the Lord. They can say, oh, I represent Christ or I represent you know, Yahuwah or Yah and our God or, you know, I'm his messenger, but they don't sound like him in his word. So you have to be very, very careful and you can stay loyal to situations that you need to leave because these people say that they represent a higher authority. And I've been like uh, floored by some of the stories that have come from churches recently where Women have been sexually abused and bamboozled and tricked into sexual relationships with ministers because this minister told them that what they were doing would bring them closer to God. You're already as close to him as you're ever going to be because of not anything that you can do and certainly nothing sexual, um, but because of the Messiah. And his redemption towards us. We're already as close as we're ever going to be. There's no getting closer. And I think the reason we fall for things like this is because we don't want to be weak. We don't want um, to get to a point where we exhaust ourselves to the end of things. Or we think we're being loyal to a church because a pastor has some kind of, you know, spiritual hold or abuse on people. I look at the Jim Jones story and I look at just different um, people that were a part of cults. And I'm very fascinated by cult culture because I feel like every human being, um, if you don't deal with uh, your need for approval or or rejection, you you are subject to being in a cult. So I'm always w- wondering: Are some people more susceptible to cults or or not? I've been accused of being in a cult. So I, I mean, I'm very like fascinated with cult culture and um in in learning more about what makes a person want to join a cult, what make what forms the cult mentality in a person's mind. And it's so interesting because what I have seen so far is that all these people have something in common, which is they're just normal people, people you wouldn't expect would be in a cult. And that's the most terrifying thing, because these people are doing horrible things in the name of religion, because an authority figure that they trust, a religious figure, right, who parallels themselves to uh, the Holy Spirit, the Holy One, um, and sets himself apart as the only representative or one of the few representatives of this deity, this God, whoever they say that they worship, 
um, and they set themselves as their true one true minister and their one true worker and everyone else is just off or or something like that so you have people who are in cults that to do terrible things in the name of loyalty and in the name of being you know seen as this person that's very pious and things like that so even in um some very traditional so-called christian um circles you have abuses of power where people have covered up molestations where people have covered up rapes sexual assaults and things like that and in my own personal life just in my experience because I grew up in church um I've seen a lot in my 34 years I've seen a lot and to a point where I'm very alert as far as um my mom used to say take your eyes off man and put them on God and I swear to you guys I never understood that until I got the opportunity to work very close with some ministers and this is no shade to them, but it's shade to myself because when I saw their humanity, a lot of times it would offend me. Like, how could you be so human? And then I realized the value in what my mother was saying. She wasn't saying that these men deserve extra criticism because they they fail you and they're men. They're men. I feel like she was saying that the va- there is value in seeing their humanity but you can't watch them for what's good and what's right and what's wrong. You have to look to yeah, because he's honestly the only perfect example uh, of of what you should be, and you should be striving for him and not man, because man can settle for so much morality, and then they it can fail. That morality can fail when it no longer serves their purpose. So going back to loyalty, they may not be loyal to um, what their convictions are. So there are certain certain ministers that I've I have followed and listened to over the years, like big name ministers who have had a stance on on something at one point, but when it no longer served their needs, they were no longer loyal to that. Um, do I think it's my place to criticize them? No. But a lot of times when people criticize these ministers, I tell them, hey, look, whose thought was it that people look to them instead of yeah? It's it's really your fault because you're as in as an adult. I'm not talking about children. I'm not talking about people with diminished capacity to really understand and comprehend that man is fragile. I'm talking about adults who say they're educated that that say they have common sense. But you allow yourself to be sucked in and um, how do I put it? You allow these men and women to become idols to you. It's okay for you to have people who correct you in your life. That is going to happen. It's needful. Correction is necessary. But when you have someone who tells you how to move, how to go, where to go, when to go there, all this stuff, you don't need all of that. Things that are not related to the mission of your um, your church or whatever religious function, um, if it's not related to that, they don't have 
any authority or say. They shouldn't be telling you when you can dye your hair, when you can have sex with your spouse, these kinds of things. That is cult behavior. And your loyalty to a person can cause you to oversee and over um, overlook what Holy Spirit wants. Because he does not, he is very gentle, he's very kind, he's not forceful. So when per, a person is forceful, it automatically alerts me. That that person may not be led by the Holy Spirit. So, you know, there have been times where I've heard people say they were forced to give a certain minister a certain amount because they, they do those like, if you want your blessing, come to line number one, you get a thousand dollar seed for personal prophecy and things like that. And I'm just like, I'm always floored by people like that, not in a judgmental way, but I'm always just floored because I guess at one point we're going to have to stop looking for men and women to tell us exactly what to do and when and start to rely on Holy Spirit. And that right there is the very reason why a lot of people do fall into cults because they don't want to rely on Holy Spirit. They want an actual physical human being or a physical uh, picture of something that they can actually, how do I say this? Because I'm, I'm really messing my words up here. Let me take a drink. And it's aloe juice, by the way, no alcohol, but <laughs> um, how do I say this? So the children of Israel wanted, um, they wanted a, a, a physical God. They didn't want one that they would have to believe exists and then follow his voice and follow his command through another person. They wanted someone physically that they could put in the, in his place. And Moses refused to do it. So they found Aaron and that's how people are. They'll bypass leaders like Moses, people who push you to seek his presence for yourself. And become independent of them. These people pulled on him so much that his father-in-law had to say, hey, you're going to die. You cannot lead two million people. Let us help you. So they wanted someone they could physically make responsible when things didn't go their way that they could complain to. They found Aaron. And Aaron just did whatever they wanted. He was like, they wanted a golden calf, so I made one. Now... As a leader, as someone who has always been in leadership, I think since I started working, um, I do not like leaders like that. And I strive not to be that kind of leader that just goes with the okie doke because it'll make me well liked. I'm not that type of person. I don't care if you like me or not anymore. Like I I did go through this uh, phase of uh, self-pleasing, but I'm totally different as a boss. And when it comes to my loved ones, it's different. But as a boss, as a leader, I'm not like that at all. Like, if you need to be dealt with, you're going to be dealt with. But I feel like as a leader that you're, there's also, you need to lead with love. You can't just be like, okay, well, I'm going to cuss you out just because you're under me. You do all the grunt work and that kind of stuff. I lead by example, but I also am very different as a boss because I'll say some things and do some things that people don't like because it's too direct and it's too honest and then as a friend I'm like very I'm kind of like the opposite I can I tend to be the opposite I tend to be more 
um, amicable and easy to be entreated and, you know, um, less black and white and more like, okay, this is kind of fuzzy or gray area. Um, so, I mean, you do have to put on different hats. We're not talking about that. We're talking about loyalty to stuff that is, is just crazy. Um, and, and so a lot of the reasons why people want that physical person, um, to lead them is it really goes back to loyalty because the person want, they, they want someone to blame when things go wrong. And so they give all of this so-called um love and devotion and loyalty to this one person and then when that person does something that's no longer fitting their needs then you see this person become very critical of of the leader it's not really the leader's fault it's not if the people didn't have a demand i mean aaron has his part in in forming the golden calf for them Um, He definitely has a major part and he should be held accountable as a leader. So that's another thing that a lot of times we don't, because of our so-called loyalty, we don't force leaders to uh, be accountable for the things they do and say. And that ought not be there. If if the Lord trusts them to be in leadership, they should be very much responsible because he's going to hold them responsible for sure. Um, and he even in issues dark warnings that everybody shouldn't be teachers and, and leaders because it's not going to be good in, in judgment if you cause anyone to fall. So you have to understand that even the Lord was warning us, hey, don't don't everybody jump on this leadership train because this leadership train can be dangerous for you if you're not living right. He says this so many times in scripture, throughout scripture, you see this so when I hear a lot of people that, that are like clamoring for leadership and stuff, you, I realize that they don't know anything that they're talking about. They've never been in leadership and they're not a good leader because if you're a good leader, you will consider the cost of your actions. And one of the things is taking on leadership roles, taking on leadership roles. The cost of your action can be very detrimental to your mental and emotional health because you're now responsible for the actions of the people, the outcome of this group. So it works both ways, but I'm talking specifically about the people that are being led because there's a demand for more and more people that they want someone to tell them exactly what to do. Tell me how much money to give so I can give it and get my harvest. Tell me, you know, who I should marry so that I can make sure I'll never have marital problems. Um, tell me what car I should buy so that if anything goes wrong, my car can blame it on you. And that's kind of where, um, a lot of people fall into cults from what I've noticed. And it's a very easy nature. Um, it's very, it's very easy to fall into because we have this tendency to want someone to blame when things go wrong. I've seen it so many times. I've seen it on my job where I have people who are totally a hundred percent refuse to take responsibility for their own lives. They refuse to take autonomy over their life so they blame other people they blame people when things go wrong 
Um, and to quote Tupac, when things go wrong, he's like every day, the same drama, when things go wrong, you blame mama. And that's true. A lot of people are blaming their parents or they're blaming, you know, whoever they can find, whoever's in proximity to them because they refuse to take responsibility for their own actions. And so they, they create this kind of like pseudo loyalty around these leaders and these people who are going to just tell them what to do every move to make. Some people call psychics. They spend thousands of dollars on psychics, psychic hotlines. Those still exist, guys. Please don't be fooled. You know, they go to these people who give them these so-called psychic readings just to be told what to do. And they are so-called Christian psychics. And I'm just like, man, you guys are really out there because you refuse to listen to the Holy Spirit. You refuse to have to hear information from him. You refuse to wait. You refuse to pray and believe that you'll you'll receive an answer. And because you refuse these things, you refuse, um, how do I say it? You refuse to be led by your spirit. You know, the Bible says those who are led by the spirit are the sons of God. And then if you go into the amplified version, it says are the mature sons of God. Um, so when you really read that, you're like, when you first read it, you're like, okay, well, I'm just led by my spirit, so I'm, I must be saved. But it's really talking about maturity comes when you are led by Holy Spirit, when you don't have to have someone lead you around like a puppy and tell you everything, what to do and where to go and where to eat and when to have sex with your wife. Now, when someone told me that there are cults that do that, I was, y'all, listen, I had to sip my drink on that. That was crazy. I was like, you know what? Nobody gonna tell me when I'm having sex with my husband. And what kind of craziness is that? Like, what type of spontaneity um, can you have in your relationship? Spontaneity. There we go. Got that word right. Spontaneity. Can you have in your relationship if you have to plan sex because you have to ask your minister for it first? Please, I am not marrying you so somebody else can tell me when we can have sex. No, thank you. That's crazy. That is crazy. That That's so wild. But anyways, I feel that a lot of these, uh, these, the concept of actual loyalty is lost in all of this false cult-like behavior. I think a lot of times we neglect a major part of loyalty and that is accountability. I don't think there's loyalty without it. I think it, loyalty without accountability is really cult behavior. You can rally behind a candidate and support them, but also call them out for the things that they do that don't really meet the agenda or the criteria that you stand for. It's okay if you love a certain candidate, but you don't like their position on abortion, or you don't like their position on uh, gender pay gap, or whatever. Loyalty is not just swallowing it and saying, okay, well, they have that, so I'm just going to still support them no matter what. But to call them out and hold them accountable for those things and their positions on these things because they ultimately they affect your lives and the lives of other people. It's a life or death situation sometimes. So in the same with leaders, a good friend of mine, he 
he always keeps me mindful that even leaders have to be accountable. And if they're not held accountable, then how is anything that happens of God? We can say it out all we want. Oh, this is godly. This is godly. But if leaders are not held accountable for their actions, if they're not ever called to the carpet and no one ever says like, hey, you know, this is wrong. What you're doing is wrong. It's wrong on this level. And this is why nobody has the courage or the boldness to stand up and hold these leaders accountable. Then we're in in a cult, whether it's a work environment, whether it's a school environment or a religious environment or your household, you should be able to say when things are not right. And I don't mean you should be able to harass people or, you know, destroy them or make them see things your way all the time. I'm not saying that I'm talking about when someone needs to be held accountable for some stuff that you know is wrong and it violates your spirit and your morality you need to be able to call them out for it and if you can't call them out for it then that means your circuit circle is toxic I remember before I had this so-called friendship breakup with this person I was in my car and at clearest day I felt like I heard inside internally I felt like I heard, what is it? Um, Bring it to memory, Holy Spirit. Um, If you cannot express how you feel without the other person getting mad, then that is toxic. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so good. And then all this stuff started to unfold with this other person. And I began to realize like, you know what? That is exactly right. Nobody should be getting mad because you're mad. That's stupid. If I bring something to you and it's very genuine and I say, hey, you know, this happened. It hurt me, you know, and the only thing you can do is come back and counter with the other 11 unrelated times that I hurt you. Not only are you keeping a record of wrong and the and first Corinthians says uh, 13 says that love does not keep a record of wrong. Um, but you are also diminishing what I say and that's toxic. So a lot of us stay in toxic situations longer than we ever should. A lot of us stay in situations where we should have, we've long overstayed our welcome because we are thinking that loyalty and, um, devotion are the same and they're really not devotion never calls it out it's just like I'm devoted to you whatever you say it goes loyalty there's room for accountability there's room to say hey I love you as a minister but the things that you're saying are is actually literally the difference between life or death for this group here and it's not okay for you to spew this kind of rhetoric without there being an impact somewhere and whether you realize the impact or even intend to because some people do things and they say things and they don't intend for it to have an impact but guess what it does so when it does that needs to be called out and it needs to be addressed and the person who is hearing the complaint whatever way they can adjust 
they should adjust. Otherwise, it's just being toxic to remain loyal or devoted to this person because they're not doing things that serve the greater good or your needs. So I hope that makes sense. I hope this is all coherent because in my head, it makes perfect sense. But as I've learned, come to learn, we don't always communicate what's in our head. So hopefully this came out right. But ultimately, there is a connection between devotion, which we, we talked about can be just a lack of holding people who are in authority figures in our lives accountable or even people who are our peers accountable without saying, hey, like this is this is wrong. You know, this is what's going on or loyalty which actually leaves room for accountability um it leaves room for you to say hey you're saying that we should all do this but I feel like this is morally reprehensible and we shouldn't do this and it gives you space to get the honest answer back because if you truly care about someone um and you want to see the best for them but you know they're doing something that's toxic or self destructive you're not really being a caring person you actually care more about your relationship with that person than you care to see them grow because you can maintain your your relationship with people very easily if you just keep your mouth shut um so i hope this made a lot of sense um and our time goes by so fast i mean like i said i could literally i always say this but i could literally talk about all these topics um, forever <laughs> because they they affect our day to day they move I mean this is how we move about but you know I'm learning that conversations need to be had to hold people accountable and responsible for the things that they do and they say and they put on social media so if if this has blessed you in any way share it or listen to it again, or listen to it while you're silently, I don't know, cussing me out. I really don't care. As long as the seed is planted and you understand that there is a difference between loyalty and devotion. Um, There's a major difference. And I think it's important that everyone knew. But anyways, I'm Shell. Until next time, let's chat.